Hello and welcome to uh, this week's edition of BPM Pod, the podcast where we get behind people's music. And I am your host, Ashley Scrace Vendel. Been quite a while since you've actually heard anything from me because, well, life and, uh, you know, shit just happens and uh, time time waits for no one. So it's been a little while since we've done an episode and I've got to be honest with you that I sort of hit a spot where I thought, I think we need something new, something a bit different, something a little bit more energetic on this podcast. And so to bring that energy and not necessarily newness, because I think he's been on the podcast how many times now? What's five, six, something like that. It's got to be. It's quite a lot. He won an award for being the most frequent guest. I would like to today talk a little bit about how we're going to change this podcast up in the coming weeks. And that's mainly by introducing a co-host who I absolutely love and adore and love speaking to and spending time with. So please, with a drum roll, I'll do a quick drum roll on my end as well. Please welcome Mr. Chris Weinhardt. Guess who's back? <laughs> <laughs> Almost started crying. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, Chris, it's nice to see you. It is nice to see you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> so you're pretty new to this whole podcast thing, right? And so I, I just am. messaged you and said, look, we talk a lot of shit about music and some of it's broadcastable and some of it isn't. <laughs> but um, we should probably try and do some broadcastable stuff because I think it's nice to have a different opinion on what's out there and uh, we'll still have guests and things for sure, but um, it's mainly to sort of just add a new dynamic. So um, how are you feeling about this? I'm I'm super excited and nervous, mainly because of my language that makes me anxious, uh, but I'm, yeah. tr- I'm, trying my, I'm trying my best. <laughs> You're going to be fine. Like I wouldn't worry too much. You can break out into random German. Okay, that's, diversify. That's cool. I will bit. doing some some in jokes for the German listeners. Exactly. <laughs> you could just say something now about what a twat I am or something. I would have no clue. I'd be like, okay. Ich liebe Ashley. Cool. Oh, but now I understand. <laughs> Damn. You got to say more. He understood it. <laughs> you got to say more complex things, like which I'll be like, oh, I don't know. Waschmaschine. Yeah, oh, that that I also know, but <laughs> come on, I'll, I'll figure something out. Milch kann Reinigungsmaschinenexperte. No, okay, there we go. Now I'm lost. Something about being a, an expert of a machine of some description. Yes, milk, milk, but, uh, milk can expert. A milk can expert. Yes, yes. I, I think it's a nonsense word anyway in German. So, <laughs> but that was the well, most complex thing I could think of. so yeah so over the next weeks we're still going to do um reviews of music we've sort of heard and things we love and things that are out there and things we want to talk about we'll still talk about gear and um if there are gigs let's hope there are over Mm. the next few weeks let's talk about them as well and we're still going to have guests too some old ones returning with new stuff and then some new guests also but a lot of it is going to be our witterings and and talking but chris Hmm. first up we last spoke to you over a sort of multi-part episode last year mm-hmm. uh, in 2020, mid-2020 or so. In May. I just looked what, it up. It, yeah, it was, it was going to say back in early summer. So we're getting on sort of nine months ago now. Um, mm. What have you been up to since then? Hmm. Well, 
COVID is pretty much ass, so not, nothing, <laughs> nothing much. We we play. We were able to play two shows, two streaming gigs, um, which were pretty cool. But it's just, I mean, it's not the same like a, like an actual show without without the um, the audience and everything. But but still, I mean, there was uh, we played at Huxley's in Berlin, which is pretty damn awesome it's super huge and there was like a the stage tech and he just randomly grabbed my cables and unwound them and he was like i usually hate this kind of stuff but i'm i'm lusting for something to do on the stage so give me those fucking cables <laughs> <laughs> which was pretty cool to see like everyone was there doing it on their on their um working on their own time without payment and anything so that was pretty cool but other than that, I started to get into um, uh, filmmaking sounds so dramatic, but shooting music videos, because what else can you do when you're stuck at home besides drinking? Mm. Um, mm. Started to work out a bit, which is cool. Yeah, didn't you want to be the most ripped person in the neighborhood? Dude, I already am. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's just because everyone else is so unfit. Yeah, or... <laughs> that's it. No, I'm, 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 I'm doing my, I'm doing my part. It's pretty, it's pretty tough, especially. I mean, every musician loves beer and pizza, right? So uh, I'm not getting entirely rid of the sauce, but doing my best, staying. A bit fitter than I used to be, which is pretty cool. Uh, like the 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 mental benefits are actually pretty awesome. Who would have thought mm. that it's not good to be drunk every day? <laughs> who, who would have thought that? It's almost as if this stuff is poison for the body. I don't know. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish someone would tell the drunk person who keeps wandering around our block every morning right. shouting things that, yeah. that maybe you don't need to do this every day. But um, there we go. Needs must, I guess. Yes. Um, what, have, what have you been up to in terms of writing music? Have you been? Has this been a very productive period or a very sort of self-reflective, um, conservative kind of period? How have the creative juices been? Uh, there are dry spots, I think, but but mostly uh, I'm I'm super like I'm I'm super motivated to to do stuff. Um, I don't I don't get why so many musicians. Well, I I get it. Some people just like the mental issues and, and everything and COVID doesn't make anything better. So, but for me, like I can't go out on weekends. Uh, so I'm trying to learn new stuff and write more stuff. And it's not the most productive time I've ever had, but um, I think it's quite good. I, uh, last week I went through all my unfinished demos for, for the band and we figured we have like 11 to 12 songs lined up. We never actually finished. So there will be an album <laughs> this year, hopefully. Yeah, like not everything is cool, but well, it's 12 songs, right? So why not put them out instead of letting them uh, waste, uh, getting wasted on a, on, a, on a hard drive? Come to the ring to my magnum opus. Some, you've been buying some new gear as well because one thing we wanted to talk about yeah. over the sort of um, following episodes of us together is gear actual gear stuff yeah. and this week we haven't really prepped anything in advance because it's just a sort of intro hi this is chris he's mildly hung over from listening to too much music <laughs> and staying up too late last night but you know that that's that so um so that is your opinion buying, 
<laughs> but you've been buying some new gear, right? I am. Because we had this discussion last last time we spoke. We spoke a little while ago, and I said that I hate spending money, mm-hmm. and you were like, "Oh no, I have the opposite problem. I hate <laughs> buying gear." Yeah. So what what has been on your shopping list recently? I well, the the last uh, acquisition was kind of I had to because I work part time as a guitar teacher. And my trusty acoustic guitar uh, starts to break apart. It has a pretty nasty crack on the close to the headstock. And when I uh, changed my strings uh, to a slightly heavier gauge, which is 11 to 52, which is still fucking weak, um, mm. I, 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 it felt pretty weird to play. And I wondered well, what the hell is happening. And I looked down and like the... Then, like the neck looked actually quite scalloped, like it was bending like a U shape. So I had to sadly had to buy a new acoustic guitar. Ah, uh, sadly, yeah. <laughs> Damn it! But it's quite different to the previous one. So the previous one you had is a what was the previous one? It was a. It is. It's. It's still working. Um, it is a an Alvarez guitar, and it's a dreadnought shape, like the standard shape for the people who don't know what a dreadnought is. It's pretty much the standard acoustic guitar shape that you think of when you're thinking acoustic guitar yeah slightly uh, bigger you have to reach your arm over a little bit yeah 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 pretty pretty large pretty like bass heavy i think it's it's pretty cool for for singer songwriter guys because you mm. need to fill the space which the music is lacking due to the lack of bass and uh, drums so a dreadnought is mm. pretty much the thing you would go for or a jumbo i think but i never actually mm, played a jumbo but then how is this one different? Because you've got a new guitar now and it's different, right? Yes, it's totally different. It is a PRS parlor guitar. And I think I I didn't actually do quite uh, as much research as I usually do when acquiring new gear. But I think parlor guitars were pretty much the first uh, steel string guitars, like actual guitars after mandolins and stuff. And they are like super light and tiny, therefore lacking uh, a lot of bass. But they are mm. super mid-heavy and like, pretty damn forward like when you when you start like finger picking and stuff it just the notes hit you in the face which is pretty cool but strumming mm. well not not so much mm. some correspondence yeah. when i googled parlor guitars from uh, a guy called bagpipe <laughs> on some random forum guitars canada oh i just typed in parlor guitars this is what he had to say the sound is very small not lively at all and has very little projection. <laughs> very pretty guitar. I can't, don't know what one he's talking about, obviously. And seemed to be finished nicely. It just doesn't sound that good. Mm. Well, the, I don't think you agree, though. I don't. I don't. I don't agree. But here's the thing: the sound is super. Should I? I have the guitars right next to me. Should I do Get a, a chord test? Let's do a small demo of them. Go for it. Okay, cool. Okay, okay. Uh, e major on a dreadnought. That's E minor. Okay, E minor. Mm, yeah, nice, pleasant. And E minor. Very sort of standard guitar sound. Really, yeah, yeah. And here it is on a parlor. Which is thinner. Wait, wait, yeah. Like super thin. But for sure. For for me, it's, I, well, in, in guitar lessons, I don't give a crap how, the, how it sounds because I'm not the one no. who's playing all the time. 
but for yeah. recording this is super usable because i don't have to cut off all the bass frequencies and everything and it mm. cuts really well through uh, through the mix so I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to 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 using that thing and and abusing it all right so new guitar new sound it's a prs right it is it is prs se the cheap model because i'm not rich yet <laughs> when i sell it one day then i'll be rich and i can, I can, exactly. I can get an just actual established <laughs> keep it yeah <laughs> when you sell it it's gonna be good i do have you two said pedals that uh, are constantly raising in, in in their in their um okay well then let's let's digress into them go on one of the pedals that are raising in value so in value, i know it's all right uh i i do have the um dod what's it called um oh, jesus christ i forgot the name uh Meatbox, the DOD Meatbox, which is a reissue. The, the DOD Meatbox. Meatbox, which is kind of a sub-synth pedal. Uh, uh, bassists used to use it in the 90s, uh, like actually going directly into the PA and creating super low like bass frequencies, 20 hertz, something like that. And it uh, used to be known as a PA breaker. Mm. Mm -hmm. wow and they've okay. they um like they stopped producing them in the early mid 90s i don't know but they found like an old warehouse with the actual old chips so they could do a, a reissue version two two three years ago and i got one of the reissues and they are the reissues are already uh getting more expensive their value is rising every day even the reissues wow so what's the second one? A DOD meat box, which I'm going to patch in a clip of. Yeah. Um, it's going to probably blow people's heads off. I, I think um, people who are listening to this on a iPhone will not hear anything. <laughs> no, if you're listening to on headphones, this is your headphone warning, because <laughs> you're probably about to have your brain mush. Um, <laughs> What's the other pedal? It is uh, now. It is a Behringer delay pedal. Okay. A hang on, but Behringer is in the <clears throat> cheap, like brand that no one really yeah rates that highly. Okay, go on. So what's what's why is this one rising in price? It 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 is of course <clears throat> a remake of another pedal, which is what Behringer always does. Uh, it is a remake of the um, original Electra Harmonics Memory Man, if you know that one. Yeah, I do. Like a huge silver box thing. Uh, hang, yeah. So what is the Behringer one called? Is it? It's not the Time Machine. Is it, it? it is. Oh, it is it a is. vintage Time Machine. I have been looking for one of these pedals for years. Really? Like, they're impossible to find. They are. I, uh, I can sell you mine. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. But, um, no, I can, I can lend it they, to you any day. They are, they're so good. Like, and they're like really well rated, actually. Mm -hmm. Like, even when compared to sort of really serious pedals that are sort of two or three times the price. Yeah. I've been looking for one for ages, but even sort of bad ones that are really well used are still about $130 or something. Right. Like, right. And wow. They, I got it for, I think, 20 bucks uh, as a B stock from Music Store, I think. Um, and yeah, they're being sold for up to 120, 130 bucks each. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well done, sir. <laughs> I got lucky, yeah. Years ago, I don't know when I was driving down the road at night in the 
distance, there she stands Weird looking lady, dressed in white I ask her, yo, what's up, girl? Can I help you? Are you okay? She glares at me all spooky like But then it's in, we're on our way What is quite unknown to most on Halloween? I met a ghost You don't believe me, but it's true Why would I ever lie to you? So this episode, as I said earlier, is more of an introduction to bring you into Chris's world, and we will have guests in the future, but one thing we're going to do is also talk about the music that's really perked our ears, or like, you know, sort of got, got our attention over the past week. Uh, whether that's new music, whether it's big bands, small bands, unsigned stuff, whatever, we're going to talk about that and give them a short review uh, in every episode. You were mentioning you've got the PRS guitar, and that has inspired you to start listening to a lot of a particular band right recently right because i jesus christ i sound like such a snob i bought this i bought that <laughs> <laughs> um it's, I, it's a hobby man it spends all your money that's how it works yeah that's yeah yeah abusive relationship well, and a job but you know yours is also your job right it's, it's not yeah. just a hobby but <laughs> um i bought a prs paul allender model and paul allender used to be the guitar player for Cradle of Filth, which is an extreme metal band from the UK, I think from Sussex or Ipswich. Do you I don't, know, I, I don't, don't know. know. I know Cradle <coughs> of Filth, the band, but I don't know where they're from. They're, they, they like, when they started back in the early 90s, they used to make, like, black metal, but they mm. pretty quickly um, added a lot of gothic elements and, like, vampire themes and stuff. So, like... They're super heavy, super fast, uh, awesome uh, craftsmanship on the guitars and drums and everything. But they they have like this orchestral, theatrical uh, thing in there. Um, the lyrics are awesome, dude. Like the singer studied, I think, English. Uh, like he he's really into Shakespeare and stuff. And the, the lyrics are like, I don't, I, I think my English is quite okay. But I don't get half the shit he's saying because it's like so... <laughs> Garbled. Yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty cool, and they're known for because the singer has a really high pitched shrieking voice, uh, which people tend to find annoying, or they love it, mm. and I love it. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, so Cradle of Filth. Mm -hmm. They formed in 1991 from Suffolk. Oh, Suffolk, actually, England. So it, have you still been there? South England? Suffolk. Yeah. yeah, I have family that live there actually. So, oh, yeah, cool. Been there, but, um, so yeah, their particular genre has provoked a great deal of discussion some quick research here mm -hmm. says and their status really moved from black metal to what has been called extreme metal mm -hmm. ever since extreme <laughs> yeah extreme exactly <laughs> they use satanic imagery but they're not actually satanists or believe right. in satan at all they mainly use it as like satire or to mock yeah. like yeah. things really so wow yeah they always have that, like that, that uh, winking of an eye uh, in there. So yeah. like, they do yeah. not take themselves too seriously. And if you if you dig the vocals, you for the listeners, you should check them out. Be like they for an for an extreme metal band, they have like super super nice and uh, upbeat uh, chords and and, and 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 songs in there, like really mm. pretty stuff. And then it gets back mm. to destroying the whole world that's mm. I, I love them i've been listening to them for i think 15 years now 
Wow. Mm-hmm. Long-term fan. I like oh, it. Definitely saw them live back when there were concerts, uh, I think four times, five times. So yeah, one of my favorite bands of all time. What else has been uh, keeping the space between your ears entertained? Mm, like the exact opposite of Cradle of Filth would be for me now uh, 21 Pilots. Uh, I I love the the their last album Trench was cool. Like the hip hop elements, old school hip hop. I I love 90s hip hop, man. The modern stuff not so much, but uh, they they are putting like all the all the old school stuff in there and and poppy stuff. So yeah, 21 Pilots is pretty awesome. Wish I. Uh, saw them live before COVID, but I haven't. But I hear they mm. were super, super cool. So yeah. But Twenty One Pilots is it is so they're a duo, right? I, I yeah. don't know much about them like massively. I like I've never really got into them, but I know that they sort of blend a lot of different genres because there's a bit of hip hop in there, rap, rock, I guess. Mm-hmm. But then it's also a bit alternative right. as well. Yeah. So. They are a duo, like there's a drummer and the singer guy who's, I think, writing everything. Um, one album had uh, a lot of reggae influences in there, so that was pretty cool. Like people people shit on them because they're like pop. They're basically mm. what everybody's listening to. But man, like the songs are very well written and, and the production is awesome. I don't think they're pro- mm. they produce them, uh, them themselves, but yeah. Cool hmm. band, cool, cool blend of styles. So, been listening to that a lot. And what about you? Um, no, I've been checking out uh, Foo Fighters' latest album, uh, "Medicine at Midnight," mm-hmm. which um, I guess, yeah, is. Let's give a small review of while we're here. So, tenth album, I think now from the Foo Fighters, um, was meant to be released, I think, last year sometime in uh, the spring, but it wasn't because of uh, you know one thing and another. With the whole global fuckery of this thing that tries to kill us all. Um, Amen. And, uh, yeah, yeah. so that was meant to come out last year, and it now came out this year. It came out uh, just in February, just now. Um, it was... Now, I'm a big sort of Foo Fighters fan, and I was warned by Dave Grohl and a lot of other people earlier on when they were recording this that this would be taking a little bit of a different approach. I'm sort of used to... They're um, they're just like you know more heavy sort of rock stuff you know you know the stuff they're really known for and I, I don't even really like Foo Fighters things like Learn to Fly and stuff like that I mean it's a decent enough song but it's overplayed I actually like a lot of them more sort of just heavy rock stuff like some of the songs off of Concrete and Gold I quite liked that they never really play live um, and there's others on other albums that I really love but I like that. The usual Foo Fighters blend, right? Starts off soft. Dave Grohl's got this nice, almost ballady voice. Then it goes a bit nuts at the end. And I kind of like that style. Um, this album, though, is... I, I don't really know a good way to describe it. It's peculiar, I guess, is the best way to put it.
It's not particularly long. I think it only has nine songs on it, if I remember. Um, I think it's only about half an hour long. And it really goes away from the sort of hard rock sort of um, style that you're used to Mm. with the Foo Fighters a little bit. And it's more power pop, dance rock. It's kind of strange. I, um, I don't really know how I feel about it, actually. And I mean... As I said, I knew that this was going in a different direction. They did talk that they wanted to go in a bit of a different direction with it and um, whatnot. And they wanted to go more into sort of David Bowie's 70s, early 80s kind of style or Queen at that point. They had like Hot Space and all of this stuff. There's more dance rock kind of. Um, and I think the Bee Gees was another thing they said was like a influence. Really? But it's just it's just not for me, really. Um, I think everything here is like pretty competently produced, like very well done, but it's um, it's just not what I expected. And I don't mean that in a good way. I really like it when bands can come out with something completely different, you know. It's, it's not experimental enough for me to go, oh, wow, you know, that's completely different. Like, wow, they tried something new. Mm. But it's also not familiar enough that I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, I like it. I can see the Foo Fighters here. It's kind of just odd. Um, and I think a lot of the stuff is just... Just it's very kind of middle of the road, quite forgettable. I actually can't remember the melody or chorus or pre-chorus or even guitar riff from the entire album. I can't remember any of it. And I've listened to it several times now and I still can't remember any of it, really. But it's just not gri- gripped me. Do you do you think they've chosen to go this uh, route because they're like fatigued of rock? Uh, or is it just um, because of the monies? No, it's, I don't know. I mean, at this point as well, right? They're such a famous band. They have nothing to prove, really, right? They can right. do what the fuck they want. Who, who cares? <laughs> and ultimately, they're, they're still a great band. Like, I'd still say the Foo Fighters are and will be in a sort of Springsteen level category of our time, if that makes sense. You know, we'll look back when we're older and we'll be like, they're like a Springsteen-ish, they're like legends. They're just a rock legend. You know, there's always something that someone likes of Springsteen, for example. Right. There's always something we'll like, someone will like of the Foo Fighters. There just will be. like, And it's going to be like that forever. So I do think they've got nothing to prove at this point and can kind of do what the fuck they want. And why do they care what two blokes talking on a podcast give a shit about? But I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, yeah, maybe it's a bit of fatigue of being where they are and they want to test new things. And they're working with um, the producers, Greg Kirsten or Shurston. I don't know how you say it. He's the guy who does a lot of Taylor Swift's records and stuff like this. So they've gone into this sort of more studio kind of pop radio friendly direction which i don't think is a bad thing like at all but it's um yeah it's just not for me this album i think it's probably the worst foo fighters album actually which is not a great review um (laughs) but i just i don't really get it i don't really understand what i'm supposed to get from it So, Ashley. Yes. I have an idea. Because I love to talk about gear, as people yeah. might have uh, yeah. <laughs> observed by now. Yeah. Because your podcast, BPM, stands for Behind People's Music. 
what Indeed. people need to make music is obviously gear, right? And everybody mm. has their favorite piece of gear. So my suggestion, sorry, suggestion for a new segment of the show would be to ask the musician we are interviewing about their favorite I don't know, one, two, three pieces of gear and there are stories behind it. Like everybody has their favorite mm. guitar and where they acquired it. Maybe it has a backstory mm. Mm. or maybe it's just a fucking cable that uh, lasted for 45 years. I don't Forever. know. Yeah. And I think those, um, there can be quite emotional stories behind people's, uh, people's guitars, instruments, whatever, microphones. I don't know. So that would be my suggestion suggestion for a new segment. And uh, would you be like okay with that. that? Yes, totally. See, this cool. is why a co-host is needed to bring different ideas in. No, I really like that idea. So along with chatting shit, having a guest, doing a few sort of mini reviews of stuff we've been listening to, let's actually get into some of the gear behind people's music. But like, as you say, where they acquired it, why it's special to them. Mm -hmm. I like that idea a lot. What? Is there anything that's on your mind while you're thinking about it? Or uh, what, what prompted you to think of that? Um, actually, I was going to ask you that question. If you have uh, your favorite piece of gear, like uh, at the top of your head, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Like, the one mm, thing you couldn't make music without? A difficult time, but as we're just about to wrap up the episode, so we can leave it as a as a cliffhanger <laughs> to next time. But one thing on my mind right now, and you actually reminded me because you said it doesn't have to necessarily be a good bit of kit. It's just something that stayed with you. Right. I still have a guitar cable since I, from when I was 16. Damn. That really has got me out of so many tight spots like when I've either been to a gig and just thought like, oh shit, I'm a cable short. Like, do you have any? No, we don't have any. Because bars never have any equipment. They just don't. <laughs> and even if they say they do, they never have the stuff that they say they have. Like it's always <laughs> been stolen by other musicians right. or something like that. So, And then I've always reached into my bag and just found the cable. <laughs> it's not great. I don't even know what make it is. Like I really don't. I got it so long ago. And it's definitely not the quietest thing ever. Like it isn't. But it has got me out of so many tight spots. I think I even recorded on it once um, because I forgot on a cable or they didn't have one that worked. Um, that would be one of the bits, actually, and that's the most dull thing ever, but it's just a standard six-meter cable, but it's got me out of so many tight spots like that I would be lost without it, actually. Right. And I think I got it as part of a packet with... Another thing I talk about, which I'm not going to talk about now, I'm going to bore everyone at the end here, <laughs> just for the hardcore listeners at the end, um, is something I got with my first guitar, which was a Squire Strat, just a Squire Strat. Hell and yeah. the Squire itself is another thing I couldn't live without. It's it's terrible. Like It, it doesn't sound good at all, but I love playing it. Right. I absolutely adore playing it. There's just something about it. I don't know if it's because it reminds me of what it was like when I first started playing or... I don't know what it is, but now it feels warm. Like it's sort of 15, 16 years old. Um, and it wasn't new at the time when it was bought either. It was already 10 years old or something. Um, so it just feels like it's got its own like identity now, kind of. I really, really love it. Um, I've never recorded on it because it just sounds shit. But... Um, <laughs> It's still my favorite guitar to play, actually. really is. I think it's partly a memory thing, though, you know? Yeah. Like it feels, it reminds you of stuff. So, uh, and that's sometimes so much more worth, right? Like the, the actual feel of it or 
of a thing just being reliable than rather than pretty or expensive or anything. Yeah. And it has done, had no maintenance at all over the whole time I've done it. It's never been reset up. It's never had anything done to it. Um, and yeah, it probably should have. Um, I restring <laughs> it relatively frequently. I don't do clean it and keep it like looked after, but um, it's never been sort of reset up or refretted or anything, which it definitely needs. But um, it's just kept relatively well. I don't damage it. I just sort of look after it and keep it quite flat. And it's really stayed actually like really well. And I absolutely love playing it. But again, it's not a great guitar by any means. In fact, it's one of the worst ones you could probably buy. But it's the memories of it, I think, that right. I really love like with it. Because that's the reason I started playing guitar was because my mum just bought me that. Because I was like, oh, I'd like a guitar. And she was like, oh, well, you know, your birthday. Wink, wink, kind of thing. <laughs> and then bought me that when I was a teenager. And that's how I started playing it. So I'm never going to get rid of it. Awesome, man. Ever. Dude, I just totally, like, I, I, I enjoyed listening to that story uh, right now so much. I, I almost zoned out. Like, I, I was watching a video. It's just listening and enjoyed that story. That's cool. <laughs> so it works. So we like this segment because we would like to listen to it. <laughs> but uh, let's close off this episode for this week. But it's I'm looking forward to this, Chris, a yes, lot. And I too. think it's going to be a lot of fun. What are you looking forward to out of this? Have you got any feelings of nerves or excitement? Or how, how does it feel with just introduction episode one out of the way? It, it feels great because I, um, I used to listen to podcasts much more uh, in the past when I used to get to work uh, by train. So I had the time to listening to them. And I always thought about doing something like that myself. So here you are asking me to join you. And I'm, I'm I'm super excited about it. Uh, yeah, just bouncing ideas off each other, getting to new new music new musicians from all over the place. That will be pretty cool, because there's nothing better than broadening your horizon, right? Uh, um, no, definitely not. So uh, no, you're right. And thank you very much for agreeing to do this. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, dude. Thank you. On the next episode, so we're going to talk music gear stories. We'll talk double albums. I like that a lot. And we're going to hear from a guest next time uh, as well. So we're going to welcome back a guest who's been on here before, a guy called Moves Johnson, who does his sort of troubadour punk acoustic rock act, but has now gone into something a little bit more orchestral. And it's a bit strange. Dang. So uh, he's going to be here to talk about how the hell he got into that. It's uh, quite a cool story, actually, involving his grandfather and things like this. So um, awesome. he'll be here to talk about that as well. Um, otherwise thank you very much for this Chris thank you so much Ash and we'll see you all on the next episode of BPM Pod stay lucky everybody stay safe and uh, we'll speak to you soon bye bye, bye.